0: we right
1: you so fancy thank you
0: i i haven't worn this since the last new year's party i went to five years ago i don't know if i can remember not in 2003 yes when i was much thinner
1: <laughs> cheers something ripping it's not her shirt <laughs> no it used to be back
0: oh well new year new me oh uh, no kidding no, whatever that's, oh, that's not beautiful. going... Thank you. You're so shiny. Oh, thank you. I love to be shiny. You know I love a good right? glitter. Sparkly. Yes. You're looking quite beautiful yourself, miss. It's just because it's darker in here.
1: I got my you know, car- button-down shirt on this
0: I mean, you <laughs> look so great in a button-down shirt. It's the best I can do.
1: <laughs> as fancy as I get. So. Right?
0: Anyway. Uh-oh. Hold on. Uh, I've got my glow sticks. My... Bracelets. Wow, you really are. I'm really all decked out. I know. I quite actually glue had to. Glue sticks on the arms. Glue sticks on
1: the neck.
0: I had others, but I bought them at the dollar store, and the the other two necklaces didn't crack. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's what I get. My grandma always said, you get what you pay for.
1: So okay. anyway, I've got my bracelets. And those things are always kind of junky, anyway. No matter where you get them. Kind of, yeah. Kind of, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Anyway, guys. Hi, History of a Haunting. Welcome to our new year's eve episode we're actually going to be dropping this one the day before we usually do because i don't look like this on new year's day i uh look way worse uh on new year's day but i do always still have last night's makeup on
1: so supposed to we'll be wearing that but <laughs> just probably i was cooper on the eyes Whoa. oh for sure hair fucking
0: crazy everywhere mm. lipstick smeared this way um, and reeking of champagne and, and alcohol. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So now everybody knows mm-hmm. what it's like to spend years with me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, we are bringing in the, the new year, and um, we have a, a couple of EVPs to go over, which are appa- always a surprise to Laura. Um, but totally. Yeah, there. are. So here I have switch screens. Uh, right. We have a special overlays for New Year's. Um, so our, our little you know, like sign up ahead is not there. But um, basically, we were... Well, I um, just wanted to remind everybody that... Um, We are going to be introducing throughout the year different conspiracy theories. Uh, We had done those for our patrons as exclusive content. Um, There were a couple of times where we had released some of those episodes as regular episodes, and they were very well received, very, very popular. So Laura and I had a little podcast meeting and um, decided that we were going to pull the conspiracy theories from the Patreons and put them is as regular episodes. So you're going to start seeing some of those come through and they can be anything from that's within a a the paranormal umbrella. So it can be anything from UFO sightings to cryptids to, um, genuine, just like medical oddities. Um, anything like that we're gonna we're gonna start interspersing those with our our um history and our hauntings um as long as they fall under the paranormal umbrella we might even toss in a couple of creepy pastas i do love a good creepy pasta um and some me too you know some stuff yeah some stuff that um is just kind of weird and kind of out there um, for our Patreons. If you want to come on over and join us on Patreon, we're going to be bringing you a true crime story every month. That is something that um, we have had requested a number of times from Patreons and from regular listeners. So you want to come on over to Patreon and um, join us. We're going to be doing a true crime story every month. Laura and I will alternate months and we never know what the other one is going to cover. Um, our wonderful, wonderful um, director of marketing, Jennifer DeSimon, uh, and my best friend is keeping track of who does what. Um much she to her a,
1: she does a great job. Yeah, much to her chagrin bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you guys are a pain in my ass. Really. Um mm-hmm. uh, it's true we are. Really? Yeah.
0: Um so yeah, we're 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 doing that. We've got a lot of fun stuff coming up in 2022. We are very very excited to be able to finally announce that um, History of a Haunting podcast and Southern Entities Paranormal, of which Laura is now a bona fide member of as an investigator in training. We are going to be going and doing a private overnight investigation of trans Allegheny lunatic asylum and that is going to be happening on May 21st so um, Laura did not come with us when we went back in August we did a public overnight um and so she's actually going to be joining us for this private overnight we have I think we're up to about 28 people that are going a lot of really phenomenal phenomenal paranormal investigators are joining us for this one guys uh, Tony and Cherie Rathman of course Chris and Audrey are going to be there Southern Entities is going to be fully represented um, we have Anthony Simonelli and his team we've got Donna and Connie of Spirits of the Southeast they were actually on our recap of the transaction Allegheny investigation that we had done. They're going to be there. Um, Piedmont Paranormal headed up by Scott Reddick, including Zach Bennett, Mike Bennett. Mike Bennett, if you guys watched the Trans Allegheny episode, he was actually the one when we had done A uh, Essie's method on the violent women's ward. Uh, the spirits on that floor called out Zach's dad, Mike, by name. Um, (laughs) so that was that was really interesting. That was a lot of fun Uh, for us. I mean, probably not for Zach's dad, but
1: (laughs) yeah, maybe less fun for him. Yeah,
0: yeah, they don't like the women, they really, really love um, the guys. So, um, yeah, And, and he was he was, um you know, noticed for sure. Um, So they're going to be there and we um are hoping to have some very 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 special guests um once that the um their schedule becomes a little bit more clear and solidified we will make that announcement later on it is a private event guys it's not something that's public um we're certainly not going to be you know advertising it or whatever but we do want to let you know that we are going to be doing it so that's another mini episode that's going to be coming your way we're going to be doing it the weekend before Memorial Day in May um so we're super excited about that. And I believe that is all we have for EVPs for 2021. Laura, do you have anything you want to chit-chat about before we get going? Um, are you making a resolution for New Year's? No. I'm not. No. <laughs> I'm not. Um, no. Actually, my friend um, Brianna that I had met several, several years ago, she had posted something on Facebook about, um, not making resolutions. Um, that kind of goal is very intimidating and hard to achieve. Um, so every year she just, um, sets a a thing and I have started to adopt this as well Is how Mm -hmm. can I, how can I just be better either be better in my personal Mm -hmm. life, be better, um, as a friend, be better as a coworker, just how can I be better, um, that seems to be a little bit more genuine and a little bit more manageable. I think everybody wants to um, it, it have an easier life, and I think resolutions are are are, are, are a part of that. But mm-hmm. um, to say, hey, you know what, in twenty twenty two, I'm going to lose one hundred and fifty pounds. Well,
1: <laughs>
0: that's that's very difficult. But just to kind of try to be a better person a better human to try to kind of get your soul to vibrate on a higher level um, is is something that really resonated with me so I don't ever make a resolution I just want to be better than I was this year and the year before and you know so
1: how about you um, I definitely follow that but I mean throughout the year you know um, yeah. I think we constantly have to be looking at our lives and the things that we're doing and deciding what works and what doesn't and yeah. be trying to better ourselves. And, you know, you may have one part of your life that's going like perfect, you know, for a while. Right. And yeah. It takes a shit, you know, and that just is life. That's what happens. we going to have to be like, Oh, I better fix that. All right. Yeah. So, it seems <laughs> like nothing is always like, I mean, at least in my life, a lot of times, like certain aspects will be going really, really well. And then one will kind of be, not. Right. So, you know, you kinda change tactics and Yeah. You know, have to kinda address one situation or another. Um, and I think that you just have to take it in stride too. That's part of the human experience, right? Um Mm -hmm. change is constant. So even if something is perfect today, it's not going to be perfect tomorrow. And what is shit today won't be shit tomorrow. Right, exactly.
0: I agree. I agree. And it's kind of all in how you um React to it—the kind of emotion that you pay to things. There, uh, there have certainly been a number of times where I have uh, reacted extremely uh, and poorly to something. It. I know. I, I I like. I want to come clean. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> um, to to situations that were required a significant reaction, but I took it to like the nth degree. So I I've been working really hard on changing that part of me throughout this year to kind of take a step back and maybe think a little before I spout out whatever the fuck I'm about to say. Um, unfortunately it has cost me some very um, important friendships to me, my behavior and and the way that I do that and, and react to that. And I certainly don't want to lose anybody else that I love very, very much. So I work really hard to, um, be a little bit more chill uh, in, in situations that require a little bit of, a little bit more chill than I've given it.
1: Um, You know, I think we're all guilty of that too. Um, And that's great. Like that's exactly what I think the idea of a resolution is for is to look at your life and say, okay, there's, this is where I can improve. And um, again, with making goals, what is that? The acronym like smart, you know, they should be, isn't that what it is like? Something there should be like something you can measure, something that's like yeah attainable, that's realistic. You know, we have a time frame for it. Basically, I don't remember what all the sure that actually stand for, but yeah, <laughs> making it you sounds know, like fabulous. You said, like you're not going to go, I'm going to lose 150 pounds by yeah. February first. Like that, that's not going to happen. But you could, you know, mm-hmm. be like, yeah, I'm going to exercise more. for Yes,
0: you know, I'm going to do this. Like start slow and. You know, let me just dust off the cobwebs from the elliptical in my garage. I could start there. Um, I'm such a flighty fucking person anyway, and I am easily distracted. So resolutions don't work for me because I am never resolved to do any one thing all the time. It's just, you know, whatever floats my boat, whatever's blowing up my skirt that day. So I just think the one constant is me it's my soul it's my it's how i take care of the people in my life and the things that i love um but i'm never resolved in any anything so to have any declare a resolution for the new year doesn't just doesn't work for me um yeah Yeah. i would like to get on that elliptical a little bit more though because according to my doctor on friday i really need to
1: but that'll i need to get back to working out i've been really like fucking not so i should probably try to do that (laughs) oh my god it's you know i'm that has kind of gone to the wayside i have gotten a lot of other shit done and again that's part of it right like you know you might be doing really good at one thing and then other stuff comes up and you have to focus on that so there you go you know i mean i'd like to say
0: yeah i'd like to say that i have gotten other shit done other than exercise but i can't really say that i am Hmm. The podcast was great. (laughs) We got that. We made it to New Year's. We made it to New Year's. And I opened up a champagne bottle all by myself with your guidance. You're (laughs) welcome. I'm here for you.
1: I mean, we celebrated 100 episode. Uh, Uh, We did a bunch of investigations this year. mm -hmm, Yeah, Um, Mm we had just great times in many different places around the country. Oh God! Um, You
0: fell in love with West Virginia. You moved. You have a you have a new house. You have a new love. You love West Virginia. You have going
1: to go back. We're going to go back.
0: Um, you have a new kitten, and he is amazing and wonderful.
1: He is. He's a terror.
0: He is a terror. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's good. It
1: I'm is good. Healthy. Yeah. And then, you know. I can't. Can't ask for anything else. Shockingly,
0: I'm kind of surprised that none of us got COVID yet, and, and I hope that that holds.
1: Well, um, me too, fucker. I'm going on a trip.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> scared about getting stuck. <laughs> <laughs> we're recording this episode of the couple days before Laura actually leaves on her vacation. Um, but it's, it's been two weeks ago. She's long back by now. She doesn't have COVID. Everything's great. Um, but yeah, we're, we're doubling up on episodes cause she's on vacation. I'm on vacation. It's a whole big thing. Um, what are you, what do you want to do that you what's one thing that you haven't done before that you would like to try to get done in 2022?
1: Something I haven't done before huh i don't know um that there's something in particular that i haven't done um i really want to focus on my home space and making that my own and um for sure you know we're still getting settled and getting zane you know settled and you know just kind of very secure in his surround. you know like make it just really nice happy home yeah very fun he's doing great in school already so you know just keeping that going getting him back um as uh now that he's been vaccinated and stuff kind of maybe do back into some extracurricular activities oh good um, good yeah you know yeah. like that. i mean honestly that's that's kind of where my focus is is that kind of stuff good um you know i love to travel um, we'll be doing that uh we already have some plans you and i yeah and um i'm excited you know zane's going to europe and uh, with me and uh <laughs> we're gonna spending time with oh, family spending you're gonna join days. him in europe cool <laughs> he let because, you go. He did. That was really <laughs> awesome. um, yeah. Focusing on my, you know, my relationships, my, um, my spending time with my family, my friends, and people that I care about. Yeah. Um, that kind of home, home stuff is is really what's most important to me right now. Yeah. Um, just having that, um, especially you know having a house now, it feels very like, um, it, it well, it's permanent, right? Like you know, it's a real thing. It's not. It this is. is this is where we're gonna be. So it's it, it kind of blends that like putting roots down, you know, mm-hmm. and really um, yeah exploring that yeah as a family and and with the people in our life that are that are close to us. So I'm excited for that.
0: Good. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Your home is so beautiful. I just love it. I I, love yours I am super excited for the pool parties you're gonna have with that amazing pool area. <laughs> I
1: am too. Um, I know Zane, as soon as it like probably breaks like 80 or 85, it'll probably be back in there. I want to say good. 75 is good. <laughs> yeah. He's not, so I won't be in there until it's like over a hundred, but <laughs> and, um, yeah, like, it needs to be hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hot. You'll get it. You'll get it.
0: I, mean, I did. I, I, know. I sure did enjoy my trip to Arizona. I wasn't there for very long, but Arizona is my home. And I, uh, the minute we landed, I was like, Oh, my God, I'm home. The minute you and I pulled out of the garage at the airport, I'm like, mm-hmm. I know exactly where we're going. I know exact. I, I love Phoenix so much. I had the best time and I was so was glad really to be there. It was a lot of fun. So, yeah. What about
1: you? What do you uh, what's your kind of focus for the year? Something new
0: you want to do or? Oh, God. I have already got like a full calendar. Um, <clears throat> God, it, it's ridiculous. I've already got a full calendar, which I'm glad for. I have the life I've always wanted to have. I've got wonderful new friends. Um, I'm My whole family and I are very, very happy back here on the East Coast in, in Raleigh. And the weather has been amazing there are seasons we've been so enjoying the seasons we're kind of annoying our cousins because we're like Mm -hmm. everything is so green and oh my god look the leaves are changing it's
1: so green it's
0: It's really but now it's not so green anymore now it's like you can actually see through the trees and we're like oh my god look it's it's so it's Mm -hmm. cold like we wake up every morning there's frost every on everything the dogs are kind of like what the fuck is happening Mm -hmm. um right um But for twenty twenty two, I just kind of want to um expand my paranormal um experience. I want to mm-hmm. learn from some of the most amazing paranormal investigators, a lot of which, like I said, are coming with us to Trans Allegheny. I'm very excited about that. Um, I would like to go to a couple of paranormal conventions, which we are planning for um August. We're gonna go to Gettysburg Bash in August. Um of course, my niece Emma is graduating from high school, um, mm-hmm. and so we're gonna go to Pittsburgh for that. She is the last of mine and Jen's kids to graduate, and uh, she goes to Paris. Uh, uh, her grandmother's taking her to Paris, so I'm super excited to be like, "You need to go here. You need to go there." And this is Versailles, and everything about Versailles is amazing. And please, I like, I gotta live vicariously through this kid. Um, nice. mainly i just want to kind of expand my paranormal uh knowledge and Mm. um get better at um god reviewing evidence is a tedious chore but i want to get better at sound editing so editing so that i can dim the the noise in the background to bring the Mm -hmm. evp through i want to get better at that um and then yeah just continue meeting amazing people like-minded people um and you know drag you along with me yes
1: yeah, you do and it actually it has been just a great experience i have good to say all the people, oh i so glad. awesome you know i yeah. been having just a great time so good good i love I'm it glad. it's uh it's definitely okay. a group of really wonderful people everybody that has i have met Yeah, either doing a podcast or investigating have been just amazing. Mm -hmm. It's it's crazy Mm -hmm. how um, you make these fast friends, kind of you know, right? Yeah, Um, Yeah. Like they're the best. You do one thing and then yeah, you're like fast friends with these people, and it's it's but it's you know it's great. It's it's just a it's a really nice. group of people that do this and yeah um, they're very caring and supportive and it's it's really nice to be around so
0: it is yeah it is a lot of fun and i definitely would love i really really want um you and zane to come back and visit i would love us to take our boys to dc oh god i think that they would both have the best time Mm kuwait when we went through dc on the way to philadelphia when we went to eastern state he mm-hmm. wanted to go to the Spy Museum. And I'm like... Mm-hmm. But at the time that we were there, they were still c- closed because of COVID. And they were mm-hmm. opening back up the day after we were b- already back home. So... Oh, over, man. Yeah, I mean... um But I think we would have a lot of fun. I certainly would love for our families to go on vacations together. We've got a beach here. And you know, come on out. We can get an Airbnb and go to the beach. And Um, I'm all for
1: it. Yeah. It'll be be... fun. You know, Zane will love it. He loves you. So yeah,
0: Um, he's the best best kid. I love him so much. So (laughs) So anyway, now that we have talked for 22 minutes about our, um, (laughs) our hopes, (laughs) our favorite
1: topics.
0: Yes. (laughs) Our hopes and dreams for the the future. uh, Why don't we, we, we actually have an episode that we want to talk about. We have a location that is amazing and wonderful and kind of freaky and
1: Laura, you might have a ghost in your house right now. I do. It's the ghost of somebody has a stick and is probably dancing. I don't know. He has this love of this weird, like, it was a flag. <laughs> the flag is gone. Now it's just a wooden stick, but, like, he puts on his little, like, music videos, and I don't know why the stick is so important, but he's, he like, his battle baton <laughs> he just starts like, go crazy. I don't know. Eight-year-old boys are crazy. I don't know what to say.
0: I mean... Uh, yeah. Yeah, they are. And and the if he goes the path my son has gone, he'll be the same at 21, frankly. Mm-hmm. So look Probably. forward to that. Um, anyway, guys, we actually do have a location to talk to you about today. And it's really, really amazing location. Laura, why don't you let him know where we're kicking this year off? Or no, actually ending the year because this comes out on December 31st. So where are we taking them for the last location of twenty?
1: The last episode is going to be Randolph County Infirmary (sighs) slash asylum. Yes, in Indiana. So, baby Mm -hmm. girl, drop your sources on us. All right. So, my sources are bumpinthenight.net, hauntedrandolphcounty.com, fox59.com, wikipedia.com, and wagonpilot.com. Wagonpilot, that's a new one. yeah, it's like somebody's um, blog, but they had uh, oh, cool. I used one too and gone through with the owner, so they had some really good insight into how the building was actually set up and stuff, and how it okay. is now.
0: So cool. Yeah, all fun. right, all right. Well, let's get into the history of this place because it's you know it's an asylum, it's a it's an infirmary, it's 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 uh well, it's not great, guys. So you know, cheers to me with the cheers. champagne. Let's just. Lug it back
1: and let her tell us all about the badness. (laughs) I'm here for it. All right. (laughs) So, uh, this property is located on U.S. 27 south of Winchester, Indiana. Um, It was originally owned by a farmer in the late 1800s, and him and his wife offered to house people who were unable to live alone in exchange for money from the state. Oh. So, that's how this place first started. Okay. Okay. the first actual infirmary was built in 1851, um, but it was destroyed two years later in a fire. A second infirmary was built in the exact same spot, but a few years later it was closed when the county deemed the living conditions unsanitary. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say another fire. I was like... No, pfft. not yet. No, it <laughs> oh, just was super gross. Not yet. What's <laughs> oh, <laughs> <ow. laughs> <Ow. laughs> <laughs> the closer it was so... You know, maybe the fire would have helped
0: the super gross. <laughs> yeah, <I might> have.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. At that time, um, oh, at the time of 1882, uh, description details constant care of from 45 to 70 inmates, uh, with the greatest number at one time reported as 78. Um, there were also, at the time, um, homeless children residing in the institution, um, about six to a dozen homeless children. So that you said this was in the 1880s? yeah in the 1880s when they had to close it down. They had already had like 78 people in there. Oh, okay. Children as well. Okay. So, when they rebuilt um this third infirmary, the one that's still standing today, that was built in 1899. I have so, pictures. Keep talking. Oh, yeah, I'll sh- yeah, I yeah, keep talking. I got pictures. All right. So, the new nearly 50,000 square foot building, the current structure, um it has six large wards, several private rooms, Laundry, kitchen, separate dining rooms for women and men. Um, The property includes a pump house, barn, hay barn, machine shed, garage, um, or cell house, two garages, kitchen or chicken house, and it's all on 350 acres. Um, On the property, there's also an unmarked cemetery housing up to 50 graves. Did you say chicken house? I'm sorry, I'm stuck on that. Yes, chicken house. Yes, okay, chicken, you know chicken, what? Chicken
0: house. 2022. The podcast needs a
1: piggery and a chicken house. Uh, we're gonna have to do that at your house. My son's room might qualify as well. a <laughs> piggery. <laughs> <Let's, laughs> let it go
0: for a minute. <laughs> I um. My dogs might make that a problem. We might have to get some separate land, but I really right. would love to close out 2022 with a piggery and a chicken
1: house. All right, we'll work on it. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Patreons, help have... us out. All right. Yeah, go ahead and donate for the chicken coop. <laughs> and the piggery. In the asylum, uh, there are two main floors uh, where residents um, or patients lived. Uh, there little rooms line the hallways running the central length of the building um, at the rear are larger open rooms where they could congregate, eat meals, visit with family and each other. Uh, the basement runs a full length of the building and also has several distinct spaces. There is a holding area where unruly residents were held until local authorities could take them. There were living, speaking of the piggery, living quarters <laughs> for patients who may <laughs> not have been able to mingle with others. Um... And you know, there's just a lot of kind of depressingness. Uh, I guess in the history of places like this. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, Have to like hold those people down there in the basement, kind of. Yeah. You
0: know, sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 like you said, a lot of places, especially ones that have that are like part asylum. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the same all over all over the world. We talked in Carrington, like what was happening right. in the United States was happening in New Zealand and and London mm-hmm. and all over the world. It's it's just exactly a thing. It is. What so it is. they
1: also had a large kitchen, laundry room, and butcher shop that were mostly staffed um, by Randolph's residents. Okay. Um, they also did a lot of the farming and etc. Sure. Um, the attic. Um, is supposed to be beautiful if you like old buildings yes Um, i have a picture of it oh you do oh cool okay yeah like so it's got all that wood and now um they they have they do actually use it now for like weddings and stuff um there's like uh, a wood floor down i believe and stuff still and maybe not in that part but in other parts yeah it's Um, a really huge attic yeah, it's, it's I mean it's, look at the floor.
0: You it goes so far back, like you can see, uh, like
1: it's really insane. Yeah. Um Yeah, they say that residents worked on projects up there and may have, you know, used it as some a place to kinda of get some quiet time. Um
0: But you and I could
1: appreciate. 100%. There's very little That's quiet. There's a very little quiet in our lives. <laughs> so, There's never any quiet in my house. No. Um So the residents that were housed there, um, they include the mentally and physically disabled, um, unwed mothers, the aged orphaned children, and along with um, whole families that were just too poor to live independently. Oh, wow. Um, Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, so the county home was the original homeless shelter, foster home, mental institution, and rehab facility. Um, That's very rare, though, that,
0: that whole families are put in yeah, a location or can be in a location without like being separated for whatever reason. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. And it, you know, it doesn't say like how they were housed, but just that it was basically, they kind of just threw everybody that just didn't fit into this place. And it wasn't a very big place. Like it's not the size of Trans-Allegheny or Waverly Hills exactly. or Penhurst. Yeah. I mean, it's really small. Yeah, I think you're dealing with a much smaller population, though, so you're not close to quite the population centers that you are in, like, the other place, you know, where they're coming from kind of all over. Right, true. Yeah. While this was an operation, uh, there were a number of tuberculosis deaths, um, as is pretty typical for these kind of establishments. In the era, Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, One person was pushed out of the second floor window um, by other residents. Um, there are also reports of people hanging themselves. Mm. Um, it is unknown how many deaths occurred during the infirmary's history. Um, one estimate I found had it um, at about a, at about two hundred. Yeah, I saw the same thing. Yeah, I saw okay. the same the same estimate. Yeah. So the county ran the infirmary until 1994. Um, oh, and when wow! It was all right. Purchased. Yeah, and became. Yeah, it did not close. A lot of these places. That were built in the United States. Um, they closed in the 30s, a lot of these, or, you know, or were turned, like, into something else, like a real, a full asylum, or, you know, they had a very specific thing, but a lot of them were closed.
0: Yeah, okay, um, so, like, alms, houses, and, and things like mm-hmm. that were closed early, okay. Yeah, no, this
1: one ran until 1984. Wow, okay. Um, it was then purchased and became a care center. Um, That closed in 2009, and only had about five residents that were living there at the time and it was mostly being used um as a county storage facility. Oh, okay. Um in two thousand fifteen, um Chris Musgrove, Adam Kimmel, and Dan Allen um purchased the building from the county and due to the history of the building, uh they wanted to restore it. And due to its reputation, they do um rent it out to Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, ghost hunters. (laughs) I mean maybe the Ghostbusters too.
0: I mean that's kind of what we are I remember when I um, When we had uh, Chris and Audra and I had um, Discovered Montgomery House Which is mm. a, a, a House built in the 1830s Down in Mount Gilead, North Carolina When we had discovered it And we wanted to investigate it because Chris is a sensitive and he knew that It it, it had some spirit activity Going on in it um, We had to present uh, And kind of pitch our Selves to the Montgomery Historical Society and um, Chris and Audra could not go that day so I went and mm-hmm. um, when I got there they were they, the one guy who is a lovely man we call Captain Dave now because we have a relationship now um, mm-hmm. he was like so are you one of them Ghostbusters? <laughs> and I was like Yes, sir. <laughs> nice. um, it ended up being really uh, very fortunate that you know it does it is haunted and and now we have opened up Montgomery House to tours um, and all of the money goes to the historical society. So, but yeah, I'll never forget that he was like, "Are you one of them Ghostbusters?" And I was <laughs> like, "Yes, sir." <laughs> we need to get you coveralls. Yeah, we absolutely do, and <laughs> a jetpack or a, a um. Uh, not a jet pack. Proton uh,
1: pack or whatever they were.
0: Yes, whatever that uh, that is. Somebody tell us what okay. that is.
1: We'll get you like a, a dustbuster you can pull. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we should go as for Halloween next year. <gasps> oh, for sure. 100%. I'll totally
0: get 100%. Um, and uh, Eddie can be Slimer.
1: 100%. Um, so um, there were. Um, some notable events um, that happened in this hospital um, and people. Uh, There was a Miss Mary J. Blair who died in the poor asylum shortly after giving birth to a child. Uh. Previous to her death, she wrote a note and addressed it to a man named A.H. Green of West Liberty, Ohio who afterwards confessed to being the father of the child. He professed to having been ignorant of the whereabouts of the woman during her stay in the asylum. So this is taken from the Cambridge City Tribune in 1873. So this is stuff that actually made the newspapers. Um, oh, wow. Okay. The residents. Um, okay. So as I go through these, these were actually taken from newspaper articles at the time. Okay. That they, you know, it was notable news, I guess. Um, so Sam Preston was an inmate there, um, and he tried to commit suicide by driving a penknife blade into his head with a flat iron. Yeah! Yeah, the doctor pulled out the blade, and Sam did not succeed in shuffling off. In <laughs> shuffling off, wow! All right, mm-hmm. right. Um,
0: oh god, is... oh god.
1: Yeah, that's that's hard to hear, isn't it? It's a little bit. Mm, yeah, I can't help but like kind of. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, everybody, take a slug for that one. Right. Exactly. Um, the mummy mows which had been on an exhibition at fairs and reunions in western Ohio and eastern Indiana for several years
0: I have heard of this mummy
1: have you? I have heard of this yes I think okay. my favorite murder covered it oh really? yeah okay so um, that, that mummy was buried um, at the Randolph County Infirmary um, in 1918 uh, Mervis was the body of a tramp found murdered in a barn near Lima a few years before then, and no one claimed the body, so a local undertaker took charge and embalmed and preserved it. After it was placed on exhibition, the body began to show signs of decay, and so then it had to be buried, as they do. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't you
0: you can only well. lug a body around for so long; it then starts to leak.
1: Um, I don't know why you had to say the word leak, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ooze. Right, drip. Just, I mean, there literally is no other word I could use that would make it better. <laughs> no, it's not going to make it better. Mm-mm, no. Um, <laughs> there was the death of a 10-year-old boy named Orlando Hyatt in 1924. Um, Thomas Gray, who was 68, died at the infirmary. And his brother, James Gray, died there also a short time before him. Um randolph spencer who was 69 died at the infirmary his death it is believed was largely due to exposure um the aged man was found in a little cabin where he had been living is was that on the property property or like like near it yeah i think he was like kind of like a hermit and then they kind of took him over there but yeah, kind of weird um okay William Miller was 73. Um, he was an inmate that dropped dead while loading um, an infirmary wagon from with coal from a car. So, um, again, this place, and that was also in the 20s, they did use them for labor. So, okay, they, you know, sure. did a lot of the work. Yeah. Um, a man named Philip G. Fraze, who was 55, he was also an inmate. He died after being struck by an automobile as he walked behind a team of horses near the infirmary. It was in the forties. That's just kind of a weird story. These are just some of the deaths and like oddities that took place on or around the infirmary. Okay. That I was able to find. I'm
0: so glad we're closing out the new the year with this joyful location. It's just wonderful, right? <laughs> with our gold glittery background and I've got champagne and wine and glow sticks.
1: And I'm all people drove stuff into their heads with pen knives, yeah, and with you know, a flat, flat iron. Oh God! So. And that is what I have uh, for our wonderful history of the Randolph County. And
0: you know what? That was really, really excellent. Um, I had yeah, a hard yes. time. Not I I have so a fair amount of sources, and not a lot of them like covered all of that. So. Great job as always, great nice. job yeah.
1: yeah it is there was a hard to find a lot of this stuff like you can find kind of like what it looks like now what it what it kind of set up, yeah, you know how it was set up before, but um, yeah, trying to find some more of the information of like people's lives and such there and yeah, that was you know a little bit hard so I wanted to include some of that so to give people an idea of what was happening at the at the place, yeah. For sure. Um, Okay.
0: I have... This place, it's got a lot of violent hauntings, you guys. A lot of violent hauntings. I do want to go here, but it's kind of like brushy penitentiary. It's kind Mm -hmm. of like Moundsville. I... I'm nervous to go there because I feel like I have to get a little bit more experience under my belt before I go to one of these places. Um, Especially this place, which seems to have a lot of violent paranormal activity, um, which we are going to get to here in just a moment. We will be right back with the hauntings of the Randolph County infirmary just after this. Okay. So let's do my sources. Okay. They are Winchesternewsgazette.com unseenpress.com, which remind Laura, this was a fabulous source. <laughs> um, no. Yeah, only in your ghostresearchsociety.com and my favorite show ever, Destination Fear. So as Destination Fear is actually where I got um, this location. Frankly, I get a lot of our locations from that show because they, they go to places that are not widely known, um, and I love that. Uh, they, they—it's an important show that brings attention to a lot of really amazing locations like this one. Did you
1: see? I have to tell. I have to say. I'm sure you saw it. Did you see that? The I just saw the promotion for their. I think their next episode. They're going to Ireland. Ireland. They're going yeah. to Loftus Hall. Oh my God! I was like, I can't wait. To, I have to watch it. Oh, they're going to Loftus Hall. I
0: didn't realize yes. that. Yeah, I mean yeah, cool, huh? Once they went to Phelps I was like ah, And then that was just kind of it Like I watch it every week But um, I didn't know it was Loftus Hall <gasps> Oh my god That's going to be such a good one We should do a watch I party know. Except we can't yeah. We can't It's this Saturday And you're going to be in fucking Amsterdam Oh yeah But you're going to be so close to Loftus Hall You should go <laughs> I'm f- I'm f- Just I'm go Right <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Take a picture. There you go. TikTok that shit. Okay. <laughs> so, um, as Laura had mentioned um, in her wonderful history, uh, it wasn't the greatest place. And uh, most folks that ended up here were people that, like with all of these places, uh, nobody wanted, right? Um, mm-hmm. The mentally challenged, the handicapped, single women. Um, so we were fucked. Uh, (laughs) back in the day we were fucked. Um, they were separated by gender and there were 1,487 people that lived there during its entire time. It was open, which Mm. isn't much given, you know, some of the bigger places that you hear of when you hear asylum, infirmary, what have you, it wasn't a lot of people before its size. That was Pretty significant. So it is alleged that the patients were over medicated and quite honestly were unaware of the pills they were taking. Um, which is just horrifying and scary
1: the thought, really. I think that's pretty typical for all of the asylums mm-hmm. in places like this during that time. I do you know, we talked about um on the last one of the last episodes, um Carrington. Uh, um, yeah. When I had read that, that Stephen from the nurse I had worked there, that they didn't even know what they were really giving them. Yes. They didn't understand medication either so much. You know, yeah. it was just broad spectrum, mm-hmm. kind of keep them sedated. And that's just what they did. Yeah. Keep yeah. everybody under control.
0: Yeah. And the crazy thing about this place is that it's in Winchester, Indiana, mm-hmm. which isn't really near any major city. So in the early days, there were no doctors or nurses readily available out there. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a superintendent and um, apparently this one individual was responsible for overseeing the welfare of these patients or inmates as they came to be known. Um, Mm -hmm. And the feeding of all of them three times a day. But as far as healthcare, they were kind of on their own. Um, and so they Maybe were not just nice for them but right yeah snarky nice yeah
1: yeah
0: yeah um at least 50 former residents are buried in unmarked graves at the back of the property mm-hmm. um so now indiana actually has a very avid paranormal scene which i have um heard about in in my various you know paranormal groups the the friend the mm-hmm. people that i'm friends with indiana is parent is a apparently very paranormally active. Um, it's got rumored haunted bridges, tunnels, cemeteries, uh, so much more. Um, however, there is one place in particular, this haunted asylum that is still continuing to gain a lot of attention for its really harrowing experiences when you go there. Um, Hmm. So if you dare, you might actually want to check out the Randolph County Infirmary. Um, As you had mentioned, the building was purchased by um, one of the gentlemen was Adam Kimmel, and he is a paranormal investigator. So... He and these other two um, gentlemen purchased the property hoping to find rich paranormal activity. And so far, they haven't really been disappointed. Uh, Visitors claim they hear footsteps, see objects being hurled around, particularly in the attic. Oh, okay. Yeah. uh, And see shadowy figures lurking. Like I said, this is a very violent paranormal... The paranormal... I was some champagne, I'll tell you. The paranormal activity is apparently very violent. Um so I had read a blog about a group that had uh visited. And uh they said the the writer said, "Quote, that doll wasn't there two nights ago, and when I came around the corner and saw that doll standing in the hallway, I may have leaked a little." <laughs> And they showed a picture. It was in the basement and Mm -hmm. it was a teddy bear that was dressed as a bride. And when he made his first walk through, it was just a basement. And when he came back through again, there was a doll standing there. Yeah. So with any supposedly haunted building, it is best to enter with an open mind. But that openness extends two ways. First, to have a willingness to accept that not everything that is seen, heard, or felt in an old building is because of ghosts, and that's kind of the cornerstone of a legitimate paranormal investigator. Like you need to find the answer and the cause for whatever you see, hear, or feel. And if there is no co- if there is no logical explanation for it maybe you need to look into a paranormal explanation Mm -hmm. the second and it's equally important um that people are willing to accept that some things are actually beyond our understanding or ability to explain do ghosts haunt the halls of randolph county infirmary or is it maybe just wishful and overactive imaginations um, by the end of the, what I talked to you about, Laura, I would like you to answer that question and see what you think. Yeah. Um, so in the case of the doll, <coughs> excuse me, that suddenly appeared in the hall, the simplest explanation that someone moved it there is completely accurate. In this case, a mm-hmm. recent guest has spent a good portion of his overnight visit moving things around, trying to scare the staff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dick. Don't love it. Don't do that. That's not, I mean, I'm sure you think it's funny, but, but for people that are genuinely trying to see if there is life after death, don't do that. That's just a dick move and on this guy, but beyond the initial jump scare of rounding the corner in the dark to find a creepy looking bride doll staring at you, the incident is easily explained and just as quickly brushed aside. What's actually more difficult to explain is the presence of voices, the extreme cold temperature fluctuations, and photographs with distinctive faces and bodies in them. Par- yeah. Paranormal groups have conducted investigations at the infirmary and had findings that suggest there really could be ghosts in this building. So there's a group named Shadows, it's a paranormal group, and it's from Greenfield, Indiana. They were at the infirmary a couple of years ago, and they were conducting their second investigation of the building, having found evidence on thermal cameras of a figure walking toward them, shadows moving through the halls, doors slamming, and extreme cold spots. So this follow-up investigation is to confirm their findings from the first time around. Mm -hmm. And um, the time of year that they went, um, it was warmer that time. So they were super excited about that. And, but the thing of it is, is that temperatures that affect old buildings, they do affect old buildings and they actually cannot be discounted if you're on a ghost hunt. That's very, that's one of the most important things. If you experience that, you need to find the reason why. Is there an open window? Is there this? Is there, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: sometimes there's just no reason why. Um, we did have actually at the 1910 jail, if you remember, there were some areas of the prison that were a lot warmer than others. There were some cells that were warmer than other cells. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's kind of important because the idea being, again, um, that if an entity is trying to manifest it's going to try and and draw as much energy from its surroundings as it can to manifest that includes the temperature of the air so if it gets colder they're pulling that energy out of the air to try and manifest so it's getting colder that heat energy Mm -hmm. um So people that have driven up to the building have sworn that they have seen someone, um, standing in the corner of the West room on the second floor. Um, this one man said that there was a large figure that stood with his arms raised and he waved at them. When they came into the driveway, the guy in the window moved to another window, rested his arms on the window and looked out. Um, so, of course, they naturally thought that there was somebody inside, somebody that was waiting there to greet them for before they, for their investigation.
1: Right, you think that, of course.
0: Right, exactly. So, when the guy Make asked... Right, exactly. So, when the guy asked the, the member of staff that greeted him, um, he was told that there was actually only one person in the building, and that was who he was speaking with. There was nobody else in the building. Huh. Yeah, I was like, that's kind of creepy. And I would be like... That would be my first, like, destination in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the guys that we normally do a walkthrough, but this one was different. He was actually, like, getting really weird Im- feelings and sensations um, from the building almost from the minute he set foot in it. So he started taking pictures with his Google Pixel phone in mm-hmm. bursts. And I really enjoy taking pictures with bursts, especially in a, in a paranormal location, because a burst can take 10 to 20 pictures, depending on how long you have your finger pressed down and you could catch something in one Mm -hmm. of those quick bursts. Um, this particular individual, was part of the group that um, that unseen press source that I told you about at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, You guys, I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't share the, the, the pictures simply because I couldn't save them. Um, But I encourage you, Laura, and I encourage you listeners to Google search Randolph County infirmary Unseen Press's Facebook page. The album is called Randolph County 111718, November okay. 17th, 2018. This person posts five pictures of his bursts and in it, it is of the basement. And my God, I really, I so badly wanted to save these pictures, but mm-hmm. I couldn't. It's it's um just a dark basement and then when you use your camera's your phone camera's flash mm-hmm. in a burst and it looks like whew, there is long black fingers kind of wrapping around coming out from nothing mm-hmm. poking out around a corner and wrapping around a wall you've got to check it out Again, it is the unseen presses Facebook page, album mm-hmm. titled Randolph County, eleven seventeen eighteen. You've got to check it out. It's absolutely insane. I'll check it out. Yeah, it's sure. it's it's really wild. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is Ida Gunkel. Now, did you come across her? I feel like I asked you. Earlier today? I, I don't okay. believe I did. Okay. So in the 1930s, this woman was dropped off at the facility by her son who could no longer care for her. It's a common story with these locations. Mm-hmm. She was slowly losing her mind due to having neurosyphilis. Ooh. Yeah. The staff was not able um, or was not capable, rather, of taking care of her mental illness. Um, Mm -hmm. And so she lived in a room in the basement that staff would lock at night. And essentially she was abandoned by her family. Um, Mm -hmm. I did come across another source that had researched her and they found that her husband, Francis Orange Gunkel, had neurosyphilis. Um, so if you're not familiar with syphilis, it can be dormant or it can be turned into neurosyphilis, which essentially turns your brain into Swiss cheese over time. It may not exhibit any other symptoms, but it can be detected in a blood test. And if you have it and you're, you're not, you don't know you have it, this is, this is what happens to you.
1: Is that what Al Capone had?
0: Um, he did have syphilis. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Then he went. Yeah,
1: he was, mm-hmm. he went crazy too, right?
0: He did. Yeah. So after he yeah. was um, released from Alcatraz, he retired or went to his Florida yeah, property
1: yeah. and died yeah. eventually Maybe. of syphilis. Went, yeah. That's yeah, no. neurosyphilis. Yeah.
0: And it was starting to exhibit ex- itself when he was in Alcatraz too. Right. So yeah. Um. So on Frank's World War One registration in 1917, it stated, quote, this man is a physical wreck. He died of pneumonia with neurosyphilis as a secondary cause in 1928. His body was weakened. Ida was most likely infected as well, which would account for her behavior. She died Mm -hmm. on August 2nd, 1938, and Frank is buried at Fairview Cemetery. This particular source was unable to locate her grave. So while she was at Randolph County Infirmary, she had asked for a broom one night. The next morning, they found her hanging from the broom that she had placed across the pipes that ran along the ceiling Mm. of her room. So, interactions with her spirit have included her telling people to get out of her room in the EVPs. And a medium was once told by Ida that she wanted a staff member, a current staff member there. Now, it's abandoned. It, they use it as ghost stories. But her spirit had said that she wanted a current staff member dead. Ooh. Yeah. She has been known to scratch people and draw blood on those who taunt her. Ooh. Um. Some, however, aren't actually convinced that it's actually Ida down there, but rather an evil male entity posing as her, which is just fucking terrifying. I hate that whole idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there are some who have seen now, we're in the basement, which is where mm-hmm. her room was. Um, right. There are some who have seen a creature that chases and terrorizes people. Uh... <laughs> I don't know whether to laugh or to be scared of this entity, but it is often described as a small shadow in the shape of an octopus that moves <laughs> like it's flying. Octopuses are smart. They're Super very smart. smart. Ah, but my favorite octopus is in Finding Nemo. Oh, you guys made me ink. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, immediately I find humor in this description, mm. but if I would actually see something like that, I would probably would ink, right. Frank, <laughs> frankly, would definitely be inking. I'd be definitely be inking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so people have been pinched down here uh, by unseen entities that have drawn blood. That's a hell of a fucking pinch. That's a lot, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, Laura, you had mentioned a gentleman who had been thrown from a second-story window and died, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So his name was John Champ. And during World War II, he was an 86-year-old man who was living at Randolph County Infirmary when two guys who were kind of known as being bullies in the infirmary went Mm -hmm. into his room, picked him up by his legs, and basically, shoved him out of the window, the fall killing him on impact. Right. Yeah. So, people report oh. in this area, specifically in his room, uh, people report being grabbed by the neck. Mm-mm. And they have uh, felt like they have been punched in the gut, like a knock the wind out of you kind of punch in the gut. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this is a very violent place.
1: It paranormally.
0: Like yeah. yeah. hmm So that beautiful attic, uh, shadow figures are seen in the attic as well as the second floor and the basement from time to time. Um, the sounds of children running up, back and forth in the attic have also been reported as well as one person's account of being scratched on the neck there are also sounds of door slamming female conversations and screaming has been reported locals claim that dark energy in the the dark energy in the attic comes from the abuse and rape that happened up there but this has actually not been confirmed as of yet i i'm not really surprised Frankly,
1: no. I mean, that's pretty. Sadly, it's pretty typical.
0: It is pretty typical. Um, uh, People have often reported feeling that people are rushing at them on the stairs up to the attic, which is very similar to what I Mm -hmm. felt in the 1910 jail. Except that rushing was coming from below me. I was on the second floor, and it was. It felt like it was rushing at me from below. Um, it's not the best feeling. Like, you know, everybody has that like sixth sense, whether they they call it that, they believe in it, whatever. You guys everybody has that feeling of like someone's looking at me or someone's rushing at me. Like you just your body just has that innate knowledge. Um yeah. and apparently that's common on the stairs up to the attic here. So additionally on a first floor stairwell leading to a lower level the apparition of a lady in white has been seen at the bottom of the stairs um, and that eventually walks through the outside door um, that goes down into the basement Okay, I love how these ghosts stick with the the true colors there's a lady in white there's a lady in red there's a lady in blue never once heard of a ghost wearing hot pink or a fucking black Mm sequin top anyway wait for it people wait for it it's coming that's gonna be my ghost um crashing sounds have been heard in the cafeteria in the basement why the cafeteria was in the basement i don't know um but as shadows are frequently seen in the hallways around this cafeteria mm-hmm. um i, I... Bright flashes of light have been seen that can't be explained. Um, Very strong feelings of being watched throughout the entire building, which doesn't surprise me at all. Mm -mm. Um, There was a group that had done an investigation of the infirmary. And I am telling you, Laura, I was super impressed by their findings. And not just by their findings and the evidence that they captured, but the way they documented it. Very scientific, very formal and official, but I saved some of the, or like I included some of the, um, evidence that they captured. And so I'm going to read it to you exactly the way that they had written it. Okay. So, um, the first one, while heading to the lower levels via a stairwell, a raspy male voice is heard to say, all right, get out. All right. Sure. Um, <laughs> while conducting a ghost box box session in the basement which is also like spirit box mm-hmm. session uh, in the basement cafeteria a question was asked can you say hello the ghost box responds with a reply that sounds like hello okay that's fair I really love the detail mm-hmm. and just the frankness that they write this report with Um <laughs> This is my favorite while listening to our guy talk about a psychic who is greatly shook up concerning an experience she had in the background of this recording, a raspy male voice says, get fucked. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh,
0: I was like, okay, a little saucy. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds fun right right uh while conducting an ovulus session in the room with the jail cell apparently they had a jail cell sale jail sale i might be coming a I little bit south
1: what they kind of alluded to um in my part where they're talking about they have like a place where they they put people that they were waiting that the local authorities had to come get maybe that's where they put them
0: maybe that is um so in this room with the jail cell uh a question is asked is anybody here the ovulus then turned on and the first word pronounced in the dictionary was ghost i would love to get an ovulus but apparently they are very difficult to find they're not quite made anymore or they're like being revamped but um Mm -hmm. if you find one they're like 500 bucks and i'm like i don't want one that bad um, while conducting an EVP session on the first floor hallway and while sitting in a wheelchair I had noticed a stick figure standing along a wall in between two rooms someone took a picture right after, and right after the camera sound a very faint male voice says leave me alone that's good, mm-hmm. that's a good one. yeah that's a really good one um <clears throat> While conducting an Ovilus session in the first floor hallway and while, um, somebody was sitting in a wheelchair, a question was asked, what am I sitting in? The ovulous responds with shit. So they got some humor, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, kind <laughs> of. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shuffling sounds were also heard by this group and documented. It was just really, really quite interesting. Um... Mm-hmm. The last one, uh, while conducting an ovulus session in the cafeteria, in the basement, and after seeing a stick figure near a doorway, the ovulus says, who are you men? Usually the ovulus just spits out like one word. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So this is really interesting. Um... The conclusions of this group and their their findings were, quote, there seemed to be an intelligent spirit residing within the walls of Randolph County Infirmary as evidenced by the direct responses we had during our EVP, Ghost Box, and Ovilus sessions. In fact, it seemed to me that at least one spirit followed our team around during the initial walkthrough and later in the investigation. Some of the other sounds, noises, shuffles could have been simply residual in nature, Spirits doing what they might have done while they were still alive and living in this facility. This is an investigator's dream come true. A location fairly isolated with little traffic and other forms of contamination. Um, which is very important. If you guys watched or um, the 1910 jail recap that we did, a lot of the EVPs that we played, there was a lot of extraneous noise. Traffic. Cats. I mean, it was... It does, this place does, as far as the location, does sound like an investigator's dream come true. Um, A few cars did drive by, were very easily recognized as normal vehicular traffic, and could not be misconstrued for anything paranormal. So, um, for those of you who uh, listen to the podcast but have never seen Destination Fear, Laura, have you watched this episode? This episode? No, I have not. Yeah, it's really good is it yeah so apparently the group had actually gone there like five years before and tanner was alone in the basement while he was alone in the basement the cameras captured a door at the end of the basement near the kitchen opening Mm -hmm. on its own and they actually they showed that footage it was really really quite interesting um so before they got to the location they met with a guy named stan who was a local paranormal investigator and he too had mentioned that same door that the tanner had heard opening but didn't see because he was in pitch black but that Mm -hmm. the cameras had caught apparently with this guy that same door slammed closed on him and actually shut him in that room ew yeah right is what i said ew (laughs) He also said that he had set up a laser grid in the attic and they actually show his footage. And in it, you see the laser grid in the attic. Like we did mm-hmm. at old hospital on college Hill with a yeah. camera trained on it. And they left it just run. You can see shadow figures go back and forth across oh, cool. the laser grid. Yeah. Um. So he left them with a warning against provoking any spirit in, in this building and said that they will do them harm, which it sounds like
1: they will. It sounds like a very paranormally violent place. Yeah. Which you don't, I mean, normally you get like one maybe Mm -hmm. in a location and that's still even fairly rare that there's um, something aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like every, it sounds like everyone that you've done so far. <laughs> except maybe the guy waving to people that are coming, but. Right? Uh, it sounds like the, all the ones, like, in most of the ones inside are pretty vicious. Pretty vicious,
0: yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was also a situation where, you know how in Destination Fear Dakota has an idea and he's like I mm. think somebody should go down somewhere creepy by themselves. Right. So in this episode it's Chelsea and she has to go down to the basement. So she's down there and she's sitting outside it's of Ida. It's always Chelsea in a basement. I mean it's ridiculous. Mm. Um, she, actually, she actually slept in the basement at Phelps, now that I think about it. <laughs> she was mm. the one that got the fucking basement. Um, but she was sitting outside of Ida's room and she's talking to the camera about, um, I don't know, something. And mm-hmm. she pauses. And in just like, like I'm doing right now, I'm just pausing mm-hmm. in my normal like talk. You mm-hmm. hear a little old lady from what appears to be down the hall say hello. Like a little mm-hmm. old grandma voice. Hello, mm-hmm. this, yes. And Chelsea screams bloody fucking murder. As she does. As she does. Um, I do love the show, but goddamn, these guys get freaked out and scream a lot. <laughs> the guys do too, actually. Mm. <laughs> um, but so she gets freaked out. She walkies for the guys to come back. And so they, they go down there and they race to her, of course. And and they're doing a, a session. And, and um, they... <laughs> They're, they're all down there with her, and they're doing an EVP session or, or whatever, and they hear un- they hear the same voice. Oh, that's This so cool. woman's voice call out to them again. Again, they all scream and run out. And I'm like, okay, you can't run from it. <laughs> right,
1: you're, you're supposed to... Like, you're actually there to look for them, and then they go to you, and
0: they're like, I gotta fucking bail. Right, exactly. Nah. Exactly. So they go back in, and they, they go into the kitchen where they think it comes from and in the kitchen they actually have a picture of a woman whose name was doris and um i guess doris had been at the infirmary since she was i think they said 11 um oh
1: yeah 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 i mm -hmm. did see stuff about doris i think
0: yeah and her father had been there at one point and then she actually got Mm -hmm. sent back and then watched him die Mm-hmm. yeah she saw her father die mm-hmm. yeah of, of a heart attack yeah mm-hmm. um but she worked in the kitchen and she ended up dying at the infirmary so she you know it very well could have been her or it could have been this thing that the the few investigators think is a male violent or evil entity posing as Ida mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of questions um it 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 was it was hella creepy i encourage everybody to watch it i did not do it justice i really didn't spoil anything like really watch it because it's a it's a really great episode um if you can you know deal with the screaming (laughs) uh essentially yeah so that's uh that's what i have on the hauntings of the randolph county infirmary guys i do want to say in closing that this place is like so many others, right? It's the same good intent when it started, the same bad ending, the same tragic lives the people who lived there had. Um so it's it's I'm sure that to some us covering these locations is like hearing the same story and hauntings repeatedly. But it's not the same. Each of these places deserve to have their story told because each person who lived there deserves to be discussed. So while the stories might be similar, um, there was only one John Champ. There was only Mm -hmm. one Ida Gunkel. Just like there was only one Dean Metheny, like a trans-Allegheny, like one Rebecca at St. Albans. So we are going to keep telling these stories. Because while the story sounds the same, every life was actually very different. So,
1: that's what I have. Well said.
0: Thank you. Hmm.
1: Yeah. So there, that's... There are the similarities in the in the context of how these people... Mm -hmm. ended up in these places and how these places were run and how they were treated but yeah, agreed I mean these are all individuals and Mm -hmm. a lot of I think that a lot of the stories I mean the personal stories are what really makes it interesting
0: I think so too I really think so too because I mean it's all from all different parts of the United States certainly all different parts of the world and Mm -hmm. lifestyles and, and things like that are very different in those in those um localities right Mm -hmm. um they all deserve to have their story told they're tragic and they're sad and and again they all started the same hey we're gonna revolutionize this oh hey we're overrun oh hey this is a dumpster fire and we need to shut it down like (laughs) we get it but at the in between all of that are very real lives very real souls um so we're going to keep telling these these stories about asylums and sanatoriums and and if you don't like it well you know what there are plenty of other podcasts that you can listen to. You don't keep listening
1: to this one I mean but may mean yeah.
0: So anyway that is that guys um we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you have a really fabulous and wonderful new year. And we hope that Laura will tell you all about where you can find us. It's not going to change in 2022. Laura,
1: take it away. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at H-O-H podcast, And on the TikTok at H-O-H podcast at Carrie and at H-O-H Co-host Laura.
0: Yay! Woo-hoo. That is it. That is our last episode of 2021, guys. Thanks for sticking with us. It was a bumpy ride. We had, you know, we lost Archie and... um We were very sad about that, but we gained Laura, and she is doing phenomenal. Laura and I have big plans uh, for the podcast and for each other uh, coming up in 2022. We certainly hope that you will stick with us. Please join us on Patreon, patreon patreon.com slash H-O-A-H podcast, $2 uh, donor levels. $5 donor levels. You get gifts, you get goodies, you get Christmas gifts, Halloween gifts. Laura and I are just whoring ourselves out to you. Come on over. Uh, (laughs) And to that end, Laura, I this is our last recording until, uh, you know, the new year. I hope you have a very safe Mm -hmm. trip. I know I'm going to talk to you a bazillion times. Please try to
1: TikTok some shit because, you know, I know I'm a little TikTok deficient. Deficient. I will work on it okay maybe that should be my resolution (laughs) maybe that should be your resolution um (laughs) there you go (laughs) Uh, thanks guys hope your holidays are amazing and your new year's uh gives you a great start to 2022
0: yes and just remember beer before liquor never sicker liquor before beer everything is clear Anyway, love you Laura. I love you so much. Love you, Carrie. I love Zane and I love Kitty Fantastico. And I am looking so forward to another year with this psychosis that we share together. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And much love to the fam. Yes, absolutely. All right, guys. And all the puppies. All the pup so many puppies. My god, I think we're getting another one in twenty twenty two, actually that is a psychosis. Right it is. It is. I'm telling you what. Anyway, bye guys. Happy New Year. We love bye. you. And we will see you uh with a brand new bunch of episodes coming up next year. Bye. Bye.